Pee on every snap and have fun. And last, and most importantly, be physical. We gotta do something. We gotta do something. Put the shoes up And welcome back to Hard Edge Football Podcast. This is Coach Rich Rodriguez, now at Jacksonville State University, <laughs> along with my broadcast partner, Raquel. What's going on, Raquel? Not a whole lot. We are back this week. We both were a little bit under the weather last week, but now you're on the recruiting trail. How's it going? It's good. You know, we, we uh, spent a few days at the American Football Coaches Association convention, and Raquel's first time there, for any listeners who've never been involved, there's a lot of people there, ain't there, Raquel? Probably right. eight, nine, nine, ten thousand 10,000 coaches. So, uh, you know, just another great convention, but we got a little bit under the weather after that, and now I'm back on the road recruiting for JSU. We've had some official visitors in last weekend, some more this weekend. So there's a lot happening, but as always, we love talking ball. That's right. And then since we last had our episode, you guys have announced a couple more hires on the staff. Why don't you share that? We mentioned that Coach Sigler, who was on the previous staff, is coming back on the staff. You know, Willie Green and Zach Alley is on defense. And we've also just recently hired Eddie Hicks, uh, an outstanding uh, defensive back coach will be coaching our corners. Most recent was most recently was at the uh, at Charlotte and coaching at the University of Charlotte. So uh, excited about that! Our staff is coming into fold. The players have started their off season workouts in our new weight room with our new strength coaches, and really fired up about that. And I want to give our listeners a warning that you're recording from your hotel room with no equipment. So if this sounds a little iffy, you can blame him. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't stop. We didn't want to stop, though. Uh, I'm, I'm on the road, but the Hard Edge Football uh, podcast is so important to me, Raquel, and so important to you that even though we're still going to be doing recruiting, we had to make sure we got a podcast in and uh so with modern technology, we're getting it done. Yeah, that and your technical skills. You know, Raquel's, for our listeners, you know, Raquel's got some technical skills. She knows how to handle all those buttons and stuff. The show must go on. <laughs> the show goes on. We'll briefly touch on it, but Georgia won the national championship. Obviously, Georgia's such a talented team. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think, you know, Georgia played like a little chip on their shoulder, kind of like Alabama played in the uh, SEC championship game. Georgia came out and really wanted to prove themselves. And, of course, Alabama with their injuries, particularly when they lost Jamison Williams, their best wide out early in the game. They lost kind of their home run threat. Uh, but Georgia really played well. Stetson Bennett, well, what a story he is as a quarterback. I thought Georgia's defense, again, showed why they were the most dominant defense in the country. And uh, really happy, Kirby. Uh, Coach Smart uh, really looked happy. You know, we're, we're uh, uh, happy for our friends, Matt Luke, the line coach there, and uh, Jamal Adai, the secondary coach there as well. Uh, but uh, big, big, huge uh, national championship for Georgia, first in 40 years. But you know what else impressed me? I think that most of our listeners maybe saw. You saw the press, press uh, conference afterwards with Coach Saban. And, mm -hmm. And uh, with Bryce and Will Anderson afterwards, 
Oh yeah, I saw that. That was really nice. Yeah, you know that that shows why Nick Saban is the goat. You know when they were talking about it, and you could tell, you know, that those two guys were really down because you know they lost the game, whatever. And then Coach Saban, you know, said, "Listen, you're, you know, what you two have done for the for the program and for the season and for the for the uh, for the school, you know, needs to be recognized." And, and I mean that there shows at the toughest time to talk about it. He gave, uh, rightfully gave them the type of props they needed. And that's, you know, I just thought that was a great moment, a great coaching lesson for all you coaches that want to watch after a tough loss, how to handle it. And, you know, that's why Nick Saban is the best to ever do it. And I'll tell you what, I would not want to play Alabama next year because they have a very young team this year. They have Bryce Young coming back and they have Will Anderson coming back, most likely. I mean, they are going to be a scary team to play. Yeah, those guys are coming back because they got to be their third year. Uh, so they got them back for at least one more year. And they're, you could see the type of leaders that they are. You know what I mean, Raquel? I mean, just from a standpoint of ultra competitive, it's all about the program, all about the team. And so with those two guys leading their respective sides of the ball, you know they're going to have a great offseason. And, you know, where they always recruit. So, yeah, I – Alabama is going to be a scary team. You watch, particularly not not only because of the talent, because as long as Coach Saban there, but the, the leadership that they're going to have from those two in particular is uh, at a, is an unbelievable level. And then one other thing that came out the past couple weeks in regards to the playoff was that the committee was unable to reach a decision whether they wanted to expand or not. So, well, at least until twenty twenty five supposedly had the current system what are your thoughts on that yeah i think it's it, nobody you can't get a consensus because everybody has their own agenda you know each school each athletic department you know they they have they want to do what's best for the game of course but more importantly they would for them they want to do what's best for their school so they're trying to figure it out and i think one of the reasons why they can't come to consensus because everybody is so unsure what the hell is going on in college football <laughs> right. with all this? It's all different. I'm telling you, we're, we're, as we said many times, we're in unprecedented times. We have unlimited unlimited free agency with no salary cap. And, and that genie's out of the bottle. And, man, it's just getting nuts. And all coaches are have to embrace it because the rules are the rules. But it's just it's crazy what's going on out there. And. Uh, I think everybody kind of wants to look back and say, okay, what's it going to look like in a year or two? It might be completely different. And it is kind of crazy to see. I feel like we're all doing musical chairs with players because this player's bouncing that place, this place, that. You know what I mean? Everyone's just going everywhere. <laughs> I mean, how do you teach? You know, the, the, the coaches have a heart. You know, I mean, we, that's what coaches we get paid for. You know, teach a camaraderie, teach the school spirit and all that kind of stuff. When you have a guy or got anybody on your team, basically, they haven't transferred, you know, they can just jump up and go and not have to sit out. And, it's, uh, you know, boy, it sounds good in theory. It's really hard to build a program when that can happen, and yet you still have limits on how many scholarships you could give out per year and how many initials you could give out. And so that's why the coaching, I think the NCAA is kind of just wiping their hands of everything, you know, and that now the coaches association is going to have to come up and say, okay, we got to have some kind of rules or it's just going to be chaotic. Do you think that we might 
potentially see some limitations coming in on that transfer portal anytime soon? I think there'll be first, I don't know if there'll be limitations on that as much as I would like to. I I made the, you know, the suggestion that if you move up to power five, you have to sit out a year, but you don't lose that year. If you move down from power five to group of five or power five to one double A, you don't have to sit out. But I think it's going to be uh, more than more than anything, maybe a certain calendar time during the year where you can sign or talk to or recruit portal guys. And instead of like right now, there is it's, it's 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's a window in the, at the end of spring or at the, excuse me, maybe a window in December and maybe a window in May. And in those two week windows is when the portal activity can happen, because if not, it's just going to be rosters going, you know, in flux, you know, 24 seven for 12 months. Do you think some of the roster management issues that teams are also having are because everyone who played in 2020 got that extra year of eligibility left, but they only got schools only got one year of scholarship relief yeah good point that's why there's there's uh 2,000 guys in the portal and in uh only 20 percent of them a little more than 20 percent of them have found homes there's going to be a lot a lot of guys in the transfer portal in about uh, a few months like wondering like what happened and now i i can't i i can't go back to my other place because they took my scholarship nobody's calling me for the new place i want so it is definitely uh, an interesting time for transfers and for people in the game of college football. So there was a bunch of NFL coaching changes this past few days, but on the college level, Todd Graham, I know we know him at Hawaii, resigned. Do you think we'll see any more college coaching changes in this cycle? Uh, I don't think it's all the cycle's over, Raquel, even though probably over. There's going to be something happen surprisingly in the spring with some coach either retired or what have you. And then there may be a coach from college uh, that gets an NFL job, even though that's going to be rare. So the NFL cycle is not even uh, hit yet. So there's going to be still some movements left. And there's always a surprise or two that comes up, it seems like, in the spring. So we'll see what happens. So what is under review this week? I know you are really interested in this next topic. What is under review? Yeah, we're talking about NCAA uh, recruiting calendar. And I know we've talked about it on this show before. You know, in Hard Edge for you listeners, or you first-time listeners, you know, Hard Edge Football Podcast is the foremost authority on all things football, particularly <laughs> college football, right? Sure, yeah. And, yeah, so you're going to ask Coach Rod, you're going to ask Raquel, you want to know the answers. And if you want to know the answers to new problems, just tune into Hard Edge Football Podcast, right? So, uh, you know, I've been saying this forever. You know, this... This recruiting signing dates, it was a good idea to have an early one. Well, that is the de facto signing date, even though we have another one coming up in February. But we shouldn't have, again, the recruiting count has got to change with transfer portal and roster management and everything that's going on. Let's get rid of the signing day fiasco enough already. You know, let's let's just have 85. 85 is 85 scholarships. That's what you can do. You got 85 full scholarships, Division 1A. And uh, when your roster, when you start practice in August, whenever that starts, you're allowed to have 85. That's it. 
And then however you manage it, if you want to sign a guy out of high school and he's a 10th grader and you both agree to it, you both sign. But when it comes August, yeah, he's got only, he can only be one of the 85. So you got, you got to be able to manage your roster that way. The NFL has a 53 man roster and they have a time period for free agency and all that. Well, we don't have a time period for free agency with, the transfer portal. So let's eliminate all the signing stuff. It's time to blow up everything and start all over again. So minus the signing day stuff, what else would you recommend for um, the new NCAA recruiting calendar? Let's have more dead periods. Mm -hmm. And then on these dead periods, you're not allowed to do anything. No Mm -hmm. texting, no calling, uh, nothing. You can't tamper them. You know, NFL's got tampering rules with free agents. Well, you know, we got free agents in college now, but we ain't on any tampering rules. You can, you know, let you know if they're in a the portal, there's no such thing as tampering. You can get on them as much as you want and uh, have more dead periods where you cannot contact by text, phone, fax, pigeon, whatever you want to do. You can't contact any other prospects that aren't on your current roster. And how much tampering do you think really does go on right now on the transfer portal? Oh, I think a lot, a lot more than uh, than getting let on. And there's been some people that got in trouble for it, but then they just do it to a second source. In other words, oh, a player on their team mm-hmm. has a former teammate, and they'll they'll go through that way, or they'll go through the high school coach or somebody in the community. I mean, there's you know a lot of guys they say, well, wait till he gets in a portal, but there's a lot of them that are figuring that are getting some things decided before they get in a portal then they jump in a portal and it's done in a day but uh you know that that's gonna happen and we'll be right back after a short message from our sponsor this podcast is sponsored by ipacket ipacket takes the guesswork out of purchasing your next vehicle by putting all the important documentation in one place documents like the original window sticker warranty information new car brochure and vehicle history report You can even see how much the dealer spent reconditioning the vehicle. Ask your local dealer for an iPacket or visit iPacket.us to learn more. So let's move to our coaching tip of the day. I know we got a couple of them. So first, I know you wanted to talk about some things in the weight room. So what is your coaching tip this week? Everybody understands how football is such a big physical game and you have to get in the weight room to be prepared to play this game at the highest level and you know there's different types of weight programs most of them are probably pretty similar but one thing that always kind of amazes me is that that some weight programs don't have any measurables for their athletes when they go in the weight room in other words they don't ever track how much can they bench press how much can they squat whether it's a 40 time what's the vertical jump and that's not the end all to be all like i could care less what a quarterback bench presses i could care less what a specialist can squat you know i want them to get bigger faster and stronger but i think you got to have ways to keep your guys competitive in the weight room and it's good to have to see track their progress to see okay this is what he bench pressed i'm just talking about college especially this is what he bench pressed when he came as an 18-year-old freshman. Three years later in our in our offseason or our weight program, now he's bench pressing this. He went from a 240-pound bench presser to a 340-pound. Well, one, he's working hard, and two, we're doing the right things, getting him ready. So, And I like the, the, for the fact that you you have records by position. You recognize them. 
you know, players have something to shoot for. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, guys are competitive and they, they want to break a record. And so, you know, I just wonder why I always baffles me why some teams won't do that when they have a straight coach and straight program that they can let these the young men or women, you know, have fun. Uh, you remember you, you said you even kept records in a cheer squad. Yeah, we in our yeah. cheer, especially my last two years of cheer at U of A, we had, you know, max out days and all these different records and weight room warrior and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and you look at the NFL. I mean, this is at the highest level, and they still at the combine. They still track bench press. They still track forty yard dash times. They still track vertical jumps, you know, and uh, and other other measurables. So why why wouldn't you do it just to find you know to see how our guys are you know who's the fastest, who's the strongest, and see how much they're gaining in their strength and conditioning throughout their career. So I'm excited for us to do it at JSU. I was always excited. Every year when they had, you know, those after six or seven weeks, our guys were going to max out or test out, and you could see how much progress they made. And what was your other coaching tip that you wanted to share on this week? Well, always it always seems like when we start uh, you know, working on individual position drills or techniques, I always go back to running routes with wide receivers. A pet peeve of mine of, of, of teaching guys how to run certain routes. And I'm not talking about depth of, of the routes so much as is just you know their pad level and their eye level you know i don't i know we've talked probably on this show before don't you know wide receiver coaches don't use cones as measurables when they're running five yards or 10 yards or whatever because you want you want your wide receivers eyes to be up not looking down on a cone and then you want to keep your pad level the same for all you wide receiver coaches out there don't have your your wide outs going up and down and changing pad levels because as soon as you squat down and lower your pad level, the corners are going to jump your route. And then me, I call it squashing grapes. You see this all the time, like, you know, that when you got press man or something, these wide receivers, instead of attacking off the ball, they just kind of move sideways and rapid foot fire and they don't go anywhere. And there's nothing wrong with the rapid foot fire, but it needs to be go- rapid foot fire going forward as you're getting some depth and making that corner get on his heels instead of just running in place. You know, don't squat and just, you know, you know, chop your feet, squash grapes uh, on the line of scrimmage because that's not going to allow that quarterback, you know, any time to, uh, to throw you open, so to speak. So come off the ball with a good pad level, attack that defender, attack his leverage, make him think you're doing something that you're not if you're going in stick him out. If you're going out, stick him in and then, uh, you know, be physical if he gets his hands on you. And then what do you do if the DB's holding him? You know what? Believe it or not, Raquel, they do hold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they get sneaky about it. Here's what you, you watch the good ones. You know, they'll, 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 if they can't grab you early, they may grab you as you go by them right behind the back. You see this all the time. They grab them right in the lower back right there and just kind of ride them up the field and we always tell our wideouts if you get in hell which you probably will get held at times one you got to be violent with your hands to get his hands off of you and two all right flail your arms you know we do right. the old flail your arms trick let the official know hey this guy's holding me and there's nothing wrong with that you can get the call but you only way to get holding penalties is that if you could try to create separation so the official can see it be violent with your hands to get his hands off of you. And then the last resort is to flail your arms so the official will know there's something going on. 
So we'll close it out with our questions of the week real quick. Our first question is, do you feel that NIL deals will possibly keep kids in school an extra year or two before heading to the NFL and in return produce more talented players staying in college? Uh, good questions. I don't you – know, here's why I don't think it will keep guys from declaring for the NFL because, one, you know, the, the even though NIL deals, there's going to be some unbelievable ones. They'll still make more money long-term in the NFL. And most of the reasons or one reason why is because they want to get in the NFL to get to their second contract. You get paid. There's a salary cap for the rookie contracts. You want to get to your second contract in the NFL after four years, and then you then you start getting vested and you really get paid. So the whole key for you could talk to NFL players like your rookie contract that's great, but if I could get to contract number two, then basically I'm gonna be set, you know, for a long, long time. So the sooner you get playing, the sooner you get to the second contract. Well, I think that wraps up this week's short episode. We didn't want to go another week without talking with you guys. Yeah, it was great uh, to get caught back up again. It was great to go to convention, see one of our loyal listeners, Lane. Seeing you at the convention, talk a little bit. That's great. And pass it on to your fellow coaches or you guys that follow football and like college football because um, we think we're, our podcast is going to continue to grow with the skills of one Raquel Rodriguez. So let's let's continue to talk ball, talk about this great sport. Even though there's so many things happening, there's nothing better than football and talking football on Hard Edge Football Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Hard Edge Football and on Twitter at Hard Edge FB. We hope you have a great week. We hope you stay safe and we can't wait to talk to you soon.